Welcome back to another episode of Keenan and Kel with Adam and Aaron. I'm Aaron. I'm Adam. And today we're going to look at the uh, the hidden episode, uh, <laughs> yes. at Angus's Food Barn. It's a, that is the uh, the name of the hidden video I sent you. <laughs> <laughs> the name of this episode is uh, Bag and Sag and Kel. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's why. Um, yeah, I'm so I, sorry. I, I, to, to hop around, because so I have all these episodes on my uh, bootleg DVD copies from uh, like you know years ago. Not bootlegged by you, purchased by you, bootlegged by some other some other Keenan and Kel fanatic, who we hope finds this podcast. Yeah, I, I hope that they uh, can appreciate what we've uh, put back into the world because this, <laughs> this episode is episode 12, Keenan and Kel, listed on uh, Wikipedia, but not on Amazon. It's not part of the full package. Yeah, it is not on Amazon. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> I, I have some, some, some suspicions why, but maybe we can get into those. So this is in line with a couple other season one episodes, but those are also on uh, Amazon, so who, who could say, but... It was written by people that like didn't go on to write a lot of other episodes. I felt I had that that feeling. Yeah, this one and the next one are like written by people that only showed up for one. And I feel like when they had season one of the show together, they were just pulling people from all over. Then they had like a cohesive idea of what the show will be after season one. Is that true? Did you, did you notice that in season two, there's there's um, the same people doing the doing the writing? Yep. Uh, for example, there's a, a pair of people that uh, are on like a lot of stuff. All that Keenan and Akel, they wrote Good Burger together. Oh. Uh, yeah, I think they're Keith, uh, Keith and Heath. This is what my brain is telling me. But let me. <laughs> I feel like these Nickelodeon people aren't even real. Like most of them are just they just have these these very funny names that never actually pan out. Yeah, because sometimes they have a hyperlink on their name, and you can see. Oh, they went on to do the. Uh, <laughs> the, like the Chappelle show and other times you're like oh no oh, they oh never did anything else <laughs> <laughs> that's funny um yeah I feel like this was one of those episodes where they didn't do anything else but this was written by uh, Neil Brennan and Ross <laughs> Venokur and yeah Neil didn't write any other episodes and went on to do the Chappelle's show oh, oh okay all right <laughs> yeah uh and next one's also written by Eric Bowers who again <laughs> one of those one and dones but they're trying everything in season one the dream team is Kevin Coppolo and Heath uh, Seyfert. Kevin and Keith. Kevin and Heath. Like, if, it, if it's due with them, you know it's a winner. All right. Well, uh, you ready to dive into the episode? Yeah, let's, uh, let's stop talking about talking about it, and let's get into <laughs> yeah. it. Human beings have a condition. I've taken to calling it present primacy, but call it whatever you like. This condition basically says that how things are now is how they've always been. We do this because it's easier to see the world that we live in in the present moment than rather think about the past all the time and all the terrible things that happened in it. But the world of 2020 is radically different than the world of just 120 years ago. That 120 years is a blip in the radar on the human timescale. And that timescale is in itself a blip on the radar of Earth's history. For instance, unemployment numbers are at the highest in recorded history because of this pandemic. The keyword here is recorded history. Think about it. In 1900, nobody had a job. Not one person. 
people still either worked with their hands or worked on the farm. The Industrial Revolution, of course, changed all of this, but in a short amount of time, we have these things called jobs that are the basis of our entire society, and if people don't have them, everybody panics. Something else we do today that is unprecedented throughout history is going to the supermarket. For millions of years, our ancestors had to hunt and gather their own food. Even farming is a recent event on the human time scale in the last 10,000 years. Industrial farming within the last 120. This industrial farming led to a surplus of crops which needed an outlet to be sold to feed the growing population, and grocery stores were invented to fill this need. There used to be small clerks in these grocery stores that shopped for you. You didn't really have a choice of what they put in your cart. You just told them what kinds of things you needed. This was soon phased out by the self-service grocery store. Now, for the first time in history, consumers could pick what they wanted. This led to brands, which led to marketing, which led to more food than anybody could ever need ever, which led to the supermarkets we know today. The next time you go to a grocery store, think about how strange it is. Think back to how your great-great-grandparents would have reacted to such a novel and unimaginable concept. Frozen foods here, bread here, meat over there, packaged foods galore. Maybe appreciate for a moment the millions of years of starvation that seems so absent and distant in the abundance of supermarkets of 2020. And maybe you could think about how industrious and maybe even charming these first grocery clerks were. They would help you out whenever you needed it, as soon as you walked in the store. Think about how hard they worked, how well they knew their store, how essential their role in history was. And the next time you go to the register, maybe you could think of the world's fastest and most engaging grocery bagger there ever was, Kel Kimball. In another world, Kel's role in the grocery business would have been unheard of. But today, it's another episode in the bag. Yeah, so, so that intro that I just did was inspired greatly by my food in American history course that I took. Uh, second semester, senior year of college taught by the famed Jeffrey Heisen, one of my favorite professors of all time. But yeah, um, yeah we, food, food in American history. We learn a lot about grocery stores. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, we, we spoke briefly before the episode started about how, hey, uh, this is not, not the freshest plot <laughs> no. for, for an episode. No. Uh, but I do think the bagging part of it is very uh, Keenan and Kel grocery store oriented. I, I like how, um, though this episode doesn't, you know, leave you super satisfied. At least it didn't leave me like, oh, that was one. That was a great episode, uh, like fulfilled. Uh, it definitely kind of built on on the the Rigby's scenery and the Rigby's plot and the Rigby story. So I kind of like that. I like there was like there was like some history to to Chris's like uh, background, and I, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it's definitely a Chris episode, and learning more about him is great. And can, for the purpose of this podcast, the more I learn about the characters, <laughs> uh, the more I can like 
highlight in later episodes. The better for everybody listening. <laughs> yes. We, li- we listen to Coolio, as we always do, and hop into the... And watch uh, the the pair of these guys on the front center stage. It's just Keenan. Keenan's on stage, uh, welcoming the audience, and he's wearing um, what looks like a fishing shirt. Um, <laughs> it's like a gray fishing shirt. I don't know. If that that is what it looks like. And then he's wearing a uh, a backwards flat cap, also known as a scally cap, also known as a paddy cap. It's that Irish kind of hat with the plaid, and and it's unbuttoned. Um, our uncle wears one all the time, yeah. backwards, but not many people wear them backwards. I'm happy you know the name of it. I would have I would call it something incorrectly. I looked up the name. I called three <laughs> different names. Yeah. Uh, it's it's quite the outfit. And uh, it's it, it's odd because uh, just Keenan's out. He invites uh, Cal out, and we realize that, oh, we have less work to do <laughs> this, this week talking about their outfits. Because Cal is wearing the exact same thing as Keenan. I I personally I got a vibe that Kel was also wearing this because it has a it had a hat component a backwards hat component yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Keenan is not known for his backward hat wearing yeah a little uh a little foreshadowing there I really think it's a it's a great outfit for the for the late nineties I think uh, it would have it would have been great uh, back then I don't know about today yeah sometimes you look at their outfits and they're like oh that would work today this one is very. Uh, at a very short expiration date. I say, I say that tongue-in-cheek very much. Um, it's it's very much a, a costume outfit. Like They went back. Yeah. I also have a, a theory for you that I want to run by you. So, um, we noticed last episode that Ken and Kel looked shockingly older. Oh, yeah. In this one, they look, are back to their young selves. Uh-huh. So, what what I think has happened is that... Is, uh, are we... I know from Wikipedia that uh, Kenny Kel season one was filmed between August, uh, April and August of 1996. So I think that the Christmas episode was the last one that they filmed. Ah. It, it was like, that's why they look the oldest that they do with the whole season. But because of the airing order, uh, it aired in December, even though there's some more episodes that went in, like were released right. in January. So these were filmed before that one. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think it, it lines up right because so yeah they they kind of filmed them and then then shimmied them around in the actual airing yeah p- plus that one really has a final production feel to it doesn't it yeah like the, the whole yeah. cast coming out on stage and yeah that one it was like the season finale almost except it was aired during Christmas time <laughs> yes okay I like that theory I think that I um, I don't think we need to back it up with any further evidence because nobody's <laughs> no, I, gonna care. <laughs> to just look at them. Keenan's got his rosy cheeks again. It's yeah, uh, yeah. So Keenan comments on Kel's outfits that what he's doing is an assault on his individuality. Yeah, I like I like that line. Uh, very very American of Keenan. <laughs> yeah, and he tells him to change his clothes. So Kel starts to uh, undress, and then Keenan promptly stops him. Yes. Not here, but the, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much the it for the intro. The joke is they wore the same outfit. Yeah, Keenan Keenan tells Kel to save his energy because he's gonna need it for tonight's show, and then Kel is uh, of course very troubled by this. He asks Keenan if he could rest for once, to which Keenan walks off stage, and uh, and then we're into the show. Yeah, uh, and I think uh, sometimes the intro has nothing to do with the episode, but I think that one's on point. 
Kel does a lot of stuff this episode. It's a Kel-centric episode. We love it. We love to see Kel in his slapstick glory, and we get it. A lot of Kel and Chris this episode. Yeah, it's weird. the 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 duo that um you know was just bonded together last episode in their ride home. <laughs> yeah, right. They're, they're best, <laughs> they were best best of buds after Christmas. It's almost like they have a, a newfound uh, a relationship, a stronger bond. Yeah. Uh, so inside Rigby's, um, Keenan's playing on the arcade machine. Like I said, first time I remember seeing this thing, uh, and it's not it's not Flem Fighters two yet. It's only video games. Uh, so yeah, they they start playing it, and Chris gets upset with them because uh, Keenan's not working. You know, like Chris is just being a good boss. Um, yeah. And so he he hands Keenan and Cal both br- brooms, and he tells them to get to work. He says, "Yeah, now I think you know what to do with those." Yes, yes. And so what they do, uh, because, you know, I I don't know why it seems like Kel's an employee that doesn't get paid, um, but maybe we can explore that later. But yeah, so so Keenan asks Kel to get a box of dinglings, um, and they, (laughs) Kel gets a uh, Michael Myers mask, and they they pursue to play (laughs) broom hockey. I, I think it's just a hockey mask. Nope. <laughs> M- M- Michael Myers. No, it's either a hockey mask or a Jason Voorhees mask. Jason <laughs> Michael Myers is a different Oops. Halloween antagonist. I'm sorry, I'm getting my getting my uh, Halloween movie vic- <laughs> villains <laughs> mixed up. Yeah, no, he's uh, uh but yeah, no, they they start playing uh, hockey with this, uh, you know, like it's some kind of like hostess ripoff, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like one of those. Uh, packaged desserts they're called ring dings in real life uh so ring ding yes 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 their play on that's a ding-a-ling so keenan is uh he winds back to take the shot on kel and kel somehow is gonna block it um <laughs> and then as he shoots and he hits the ding-a-ling um a very large man walks through <laughs> the the gates of rigby's <laughs> yeah um uh, Dan Schneider as his cameo appearance as Angus. That I I had a feeling that was Dan Schneider. Um, yeah, you you can tell by his voice and a lot of the things that he says. Yeah, yeah, his voice. It's definitely that voice in uh, in Drake and Josh that's just always like on the megaphone or on the yeah, TV on the TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he has a lot of lines that I and one very like. 100% like Josh of dialogue. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll uh, I'll, we'll get back to that. A very uh, a very creepy fellow if I might add, but um Oh yeah. And he uh, in this one scene he established himself as an antagonist very quickly. Oh yeah. Yeah, he he just has this allure of evil. He immediately starts uh butting heads with Keenan and I, I like I really like his uh, exchanges with Keenan. They're very fast and witty. Yeah, Keenan Keenan's exchanges throughout this episode are really quick. Very, uh, like, he, he rehearsed them well. Yeah, very well scripted for Keenan. Chris comes up, uh, comes out, and uh, separates the two of them, and he says, "Let's let's settle this at the bagging contest." 
the bagging contest. This is yeah. this is the this is the whole episode right here. This is the concept. It it, it builds up to this great event at the end. I, I love how this um uh this it's the episode's focused on this contest. Yeah. There's nothing else going on. No other side plots or it's all contest. Yeah, it's it's all this contest. So Angus establishes that Chris has never won in seventeen years of the bagging contest. And he has pretty much come to, to rub it in his face and remind him that he's going to beat him again at this year's. Yes. Uh, later on in the episode, uh, Chris talks about how he's been losing to Angus in this contest since they were in high school together. So I think that tells us a little bit about Chris. Uh, he, that he began in the grocery business just like Keenan did. He's a lifelong grocer, it's, it appears. Yeah, so maybe he started in high school around like the age of 15, which puts him like kind of uh, mid to early 30s now. That makes sense. Yeah, and that lines up. Uh, I looked up, uh, so Chris Potter's his full name. <laughs> we recently forgot his last name. Uh, played by uh, Dan, another Dan, ironically. It would be 37 at the time of filming. Uh, that works, that works. Yeah. Honestly, I, I would have learned his last name, but I followed him on Twitter, and he did not follow me back yet, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm holding a slight grudge. We'll get him. Maybe maybe Teal can help us out. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so Angus, this large man, um, I've never met somebody named Angus, but if, if I did, I'd imagine yeah. they'd be like Dan Schneider. So, so I think they kind of uh, cheated in the writer's room, and they named him Angus because he'll they can make other jokes later about his name. Most likely, most likely. Anyways, he claps to call in his newest employee, uh, Salim, from Baghdad. Which is, that's a, that's a fun little joke. Yes, from Baghdad, he is going to be entered in the bagging contest. Uh-huh. And he's apparently very, uh, very talented, although this is the last we see of Salim. Yes. Um, he greets the crew by saying, Akpus, which nobody knows what that means. <laughs> um, oh, man, I was, yeah. It's one of those where it's like, all right, as as stupid as some of the countries they made up it are, Baghdad's a real place. So why did they have to not use a real Bag- Baghdadian word? It's funny because they they talk about it and you know how the Keenan says like Rigby's going to win this year, and uh, Angus reveals that uh, Keenan lost the competition for Chris last year. Yes. So uh, that tells us that Keenan's been working at Rigby since he was fourteen a year ago. That that makes sense. Um, I checked the ages in uh, Chicago in 1996. That you can't, you're allowed to work minimum wage at the age of 14. Okay, okay, good to know. So it, it was not under the table or anything like that. Good, very good to know. Um, yeah. yeah. So I just want everybody to imagine this very large man with this long, <laughs> kind of long hair, a very bad haircut, um, and and this small Arab boy next to him. <laughs> And th- this is the dream team that's going to win the, the Chicago bagging contest. Um, and, and that's happening in just a few minutes. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a pretty fun opening scene. And to uh, fully establish Angus as an antagonist, as he leaves, he uh, reaches over to, I think it's a can of mustard. Yeah, yeah, it looks yellow. <laughs> yeah, and he uh, uh, knocks it over onto the ground, smashing it and saying, Keenan, clean this up. To which Keenan has to be held back from attacking Angus. Chris is quick to soothe Keenan. On to uh, the, not really a montage, but Keenan training for this contest. We change scenes, and Keenan is practicing his bagging skills. 
and he ain't great. He is terrible. Um, really, really just mediocre bagging. Like, you'd, you'd think that... Um, well, I mean, this is the thing. Rigby's isn't that big of a store. No, it's not. And so... So, like, I don't know how many, like, you know, he, he never never has, like, a big rush where he has to, like, bag a bunch of groceries. It's not like you're going to a, a supermarket. Yeah, sure. And I, honestly, as someone that worked as a cashier for <laughs> several years, I think, uh, there's more to the bagging art form than just putting everything into the bag fast. <laughs> like, uh, I'd love to see a little more in-depth contest here where they're like, you know, oh, you have to put the bread on top and, like, you can't, like, put the bananas on the bottom and, and stuff like that. Make sure you, you bag like fruits together. Maybe we can rewrite this episode and then and then <laughs> f- do a filming of it. <laughs> yeah, that's... I, uh, it will not be the first time this plot's recreated. That's for sure. No, no, definitely not. Um, it, it, it's funny. Keenan's actually uh, like uh, after this one round of bagging, Chris establishes that Keenan is actually getting worse at bagging <laughs> as they're, as he's practicing. He's slowing down. So it's very funny. Yeah. Um, so a woman comes up with a basket full of full of groceries, and you know Keenan is is all but defeated. He's almost crippled on the ground. He's so exhausted from bagging. So yeah, he does not want anything to do with those groceries. No. So so Chris summons Kel to bag the groceries, um, and so Kel comes over, grabs the woman's groceries, and it's like Lightning McQueen. He he's so fast uh, putting the putting the groceries in the bag, and the the woman says, I believe the woman says like, oh, you didn't even you, you didn't ring these up. You didn't ring these up. Which then, again, isn't that also kind of part of of grocery bagging? Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's absolutely part of it. Yeah, Chris replies, um, it doesn't matter. <laughs> In a very poetic, like, uh, yeah, definite all like, way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just take them. And her, her reaction is amazing. <laughs> her reaction is like, Haha, like very happy, like, oh, really? And then she gets, like, suspicious and yeah. <laughs> grabs the bag and, like, hush, rushes out in a hush. Yeah, it was it was very awkward. Like I wonder what her description like in her in her like lines said. Like like how was she actually well, how was she supposed to act? Like whatever. Um Yeah, she, she went above and beyond with her reactions. She did. Um anyways, she leaves. Keenan and Chris immediately know that they they have um a way to win against Angus and Salim. And they start uh, bouncing yes. in, uh, in happiness. In, in joy and excitement, yes. Um, and then Kel, you know, Kel wants to be happy too, so he starts bouncing, and, and they're all celebrating together. Kel doesn't know what they're celebrating. Yeah, he says, why are, we so, why are we so excited? And then they explain. It's like, no, you're going you're gonna to win the bagging contest for us. Uh, unfortunately, Kel reveals that competitions make him queasy. Queasy is the word of the day, people. <laughs> Queasy. Uh, I should have looked up the definition. Well, speaking of words of the day, <laughs> Kel goes on to explain uh, when he was in the spelling bee when he was younger and how uh, in a competition he, he fainted during the word hippopotamus. Yeah. And then Keenan reminds him, like, Kel, that was in third grade. Like, that doesn't apply anymore. And, and Kel just says emphatically, but the pain remains. <laughs> Yeah, no, that, that's a really good. That, that's a, also a Josh line, I want to say. Oh yeah, oh totally, totally. Uh, yeah, I I also think that um, Kel reenacting his spelling bee uh, disaster is is very funny. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, like absolutely. No, no one can make four letters as funny as Kel. 
That's <laughs> true. Where he goes, H, Y, which is wrong. <laughs> immediately incorrect. Then he just goes, pee pee, and faints and falls over. Faints, yeah. This is, this. yeah, another another thing that we're finding out about Kel. He faints at the... <laughs> At the remembrance of competition and past failures. Um, yeah. I'll write an essay about that one day and then we'll just <laughs> read it. I think we should, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We maybe we'll include that in our uh, our end of end of season. Um, like roundup. Yeah, roundup. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah, do sure. some character analysis, character growth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a good thing for you to do because I, I, I keep making games and stuff. I got it. <laughs> yeah. You're just making sure everybody's, uh, the writers are. are <laughs> yeah, are, I'm, I'm keeping going tabs on all the money that's going back and forth. And... You're the gotcha squad of this, uh, <laughs> yeah, of this podcast. Right. Um, uh, so, yeah, no, uh, they start uh, encouraging Kel to join in the competition. They say, uh, do it for Rigby's. No. Do it for your friends. No! And then Keenan says, who loves orange soda? And uh, Kel is immediately enchanted by orange soda as he is. <laughs> I love, again, Kel's doing in his like top form this episode because Chris also shows him a bottle of orange soda and he's like being double teamed by them and he's like flipping back and forth and just going <laughs> he's out of his mind for orange soda he is beyond excited and he's willing to do anything to get an unlimited unlimited supply of orange soda which I'm pretty sure he already has <laughs> because he can yeah. have orange soda whenever he wants but I think the uh you know in between the lines is that okay he's not gonna be scolded by chris for for uh stealing it anymore it's just gonna yeah, be gifted he, to him he won't have to sweep like chris made him earlier this episode yeah yeah he won't have orange soda debt maybe <laughs> right. that's what we should call the uh the rigby's oh that, that's really good orange soda debt orange soda debt yeah because that's basically what what it comes down to <laughs> yes uh so all right we we cut to the next scene where we in the um, back of Rigby's and there are bags everywhere. Every bag in the store. Uh, so so Kel um, to practice his bagging skills, he has bagged every single item in Rigby's. Yep, and it only took him how long? 51 minutes and 19 seconds. Yeah, under an hour to do. Do you think you could do that? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, probably. <laughs> Again, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of unknowns here because the front of the store is empty and the back is packed. I don't. With bags. I don't understand. Like, I wish they showed us what that looked like. Like, like, like when when he was when they were like bringing the items to him and why did they go to the back? Um, yeah. Also, he could he just bag and rebag the, the same, same couple items? groceries. Yeah, over? that would make sense. But that would. <laughs> I don't know. I bet the like the stage direction people were really upset when they read this. They're like, we have to remove every item from Rigby's. Like, can't you guys just like write it in that he just uses the same? It's all for the Angus joke that that comes up. So we, he uh, returns to the front of Rigby's, looks around, and says, uh, "They must have had one mother of a sale." Yeah, <laughs> one mother of a sale. One mother of a sale. Yeah. Then uh, the the team, the Rigby's team. Um, is is starting to, you know, talk with some swagger and some confidence. Oh yeah, they are as Keenan puts it, extra cocky. 
<laughs> extra cocky. Yeah, Angus calls him cocky. And yeah. extra cocky is right. <laughs> um, and they reveal their secret weapon. Kel Kimball, the bagging god. Uh, he uh, shows the <laughs> Angus a sample of his work. And uh, I... This is gonna... I, I think for our season wrap-up, we have to talk about best... Like Kel physical moments. This is pretty good. The the phone call and uh, uh, dial O for oops is is up there, but also, <laughs> um, also I I got in your case of that episode. I, I'm sorry. Everywhere it says dial zero for oops, it's not just you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it says that. I have been vindicated. <laughs> I I personally believe it should be O, but I'm not going to disagree with like all all the sources. Well, you shouldn't. Because it's zero. <laughs> uh, okay, Wikipedia says O. Oh. It, it's both are true. <laughs> There's no wrong answer there. Uh, but yeah, no, his his uh, prep before he bags is is a very good moment. Yeah, so he's um. I don't know if anybody out there has ever done yoga, but sometimes when you're doing a lot of <laughs> oh. yoga, you stretch your hands out. You know, you stretch out individual fingers. You know, you move your wrists around in circles. Um, Kel does all of this and more in a very elaborate fashion. Before yoga was fun. Uh, before yoga was cool, and a lot of people and people like stretch their hands. You know, he's uh, yeah, he is clapping and he is yeah. So getting all warmed up unfortunately the, the other the thing i think is weird about this moment is that he like has the bag all ready to go and unfold it and stuff like that as we see in the competition later opening the bag is part of it yeah <laughs> so, very uh very strange thing to include in the bagging contest but anyways it I, I, all i'm saying is be more impressive if he like you know unfurled the bag and then like you know bagged everything up really fast but because if you go to like the grocery store, like I shop at Trader Joe's, um, and, and I, I usually bag, but with the virus, they don't let us bag. So like the person behind the, you know, the person who's bagging, who's also ringing up the groceries, has to open up the bags, and they have to double bag because they don't uh -huh. want anything to, to, to fall through. Yeah. Because that's a Trader Joe's protocol. But <laughs> yeah, so so uh, it's that's part of the job. Yep. Uh, but anyway, he. Uh shows an impressive um, display of bagging ability and he ends it very fun with like sh like shoving the bag into Angus like almost hitting him with it yes yeah he slides it across the counter into Angus's large rotund <laughs> body um, can, can you use other um, adjectives for how big he is <laughs> I think it's your like fifth large enormous <laughs> enormous rotund was fun <laughs> Yeah, uh, so, yeah, he, he hits Angus right in the mass. Right in the bulbous <laughs> body. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he, yeah, no, yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, and they, uh, upon seeing this, decide to up the wager. So instead of just the trophy that was displayed earlier in the episode, um, the winner will have to work at the loser's store for a whole day wearing a wedding dress. I think you said that backwards, but... The loser will work at the winner's store. Yes, you're right. Yeah, wearing a wedding dress. Uh huh. Which for Which Angus is... would be a, a quadruple XL. <laughs> well, <laughs> later he shows up with a wedding dress for to like say, "Hey, here's the punishment dress," and it's clearly Angus sized. <laughs> <laughs> like that would not fit on Chris. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it didn't look like it fit Angus very well. Um, but <laughs> no, uh, Angus did not have the body for that dress. No, sorry, sorry, uh, Dan. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think Dan would admit um, his, 
you know, he, he was at his uh, roundest at, in this era. <laughs> his most robust, some I, might say. He, he has a cameo in the Keenan and Kel movie at the end of the series, and he he is he is much. Uh, He's not much. He's leaner than he is in this one. Is he Angus again? Uh, I think he's a different character. What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I refuse to watch. (laughs) Um, Anyways, so the the wedding dress wager has been waged. It's it's greenlit. (laughs) And and Angus is about to leave the store, um, ready for the competition. But then he says, hey, kid. And he calls Kel over and he puts his arm on him around his shoulder. And he says, like, how would you like to come work for me for $50 an hour? Which is a lot of money. Especially in 1996, bagging groceries. (laughs) Absolutely. It's a lot of money now. $50 an hour? Yeah, I don't make $50 an hour. (laughs) (laughs) It's a long time before I make $50 an hour. Uh, Yeah, no, it's like $82 an hour, which is... That's in that's immense. <laughs> it's an immense amount of money. So, uh, I was reminded of another Keenan and Kel uh, property <laughs> when he like off- made him a counter offer. It reminded me a lot of uh, that scene in uh, Good Burger. Ed is being recruited by the Mondo Burger guys. Yeah, yeah, oh definitely. Yeah, so it, it's uh, and it's very funny because that movie was written like briefly after this. <laughs> Like, like I said, if this was filmed in, like, summer of 96, that movie was, like, written in um, January of 97. Oh, okay. By Kevin Heath and, and Dan Schneider. Oh, fantastic. So, they, definitely, uh, they definitely played a role. I think they realized that Kel thrives behind the counter. This is, this is his shining moment. Uh, yeah. When, uh, when he hears this, uh, this uh, pay offer, uh, Keenan says, um, you know, are there any other openings? Yeah. <laughs> And uh, it was just good. And the scene ends, um, you know, Chris is like, that. you can't do that. That's not fair. And Angus says, everything's fair in the world of bagging. Yep. <laughs> and Kel uh, confirms again that all of this pressure is making him feel queasy. And then we cut to commercial. Uh, I just realized another connection with the name Angus is that um, he's, uh, Angus is a type of beef. Oh, he's very beefy. <laughs> <laughs> At that, also he we learned later that his uh, shop is called Angus's Food Barn, uh, and the uh, the aprons are have like a cow pattern on them. Oh yeah, yeah. So beef Angus Food Barn. Do you is think? All... Do you think Angus is his real name or it's his grocer name? Like he has, <laughs> he's got like a, a a secret identity as a grocer. He has an alias as a yeah. He's trying to hide from his his former life so he he gained a lot of weight and now he 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 grew his hair out (laughs) when we finish the podcast and see his other cameo we can speculate if it's the same man or not Uh, it 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 very well could be uh chris doesn't even recognize him kel's queasy uh we start off with a uh kel is bagging groceries in the dark on a like a a card table that's covered by a black tablecloth (laughs) yep quite the symbolism yeah as he's bagging, he's um, all of a sudden getting pulled into the bag. His arm gets stuck, and he gets slowly. It's like more like an, his elbow, and then it's his shoulder, and then it's both arms to the shoulder, and eventually he falls in. Yeah, and that's that's a pretty easy like special effect to pull off. That's probably why there's a card table. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but but it looks very good, and Cal goes all in. He goes. He liter- <laughs> literally. He goes all in. He literally <laughs> goes all in. Yeah. 
So we have this really fun scene where <laughs> the set's amazing. I gotta say the set is. You're right. The set is amazing. So it's like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Like Kel is shrunken in a grocery bag. There looks yeah. like it looks like there's an orange or a lemon. Um, a clementine, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, there's a, a can of pet chunk. Some wet, some wet, wet uh, pet food. Not not dog or cat, just pet. Um, uh, there's a can of tuna, and then there's not just any kind of tuna. Luna tuna. Luna tuna. Oh, that is a can of Luna tuna. If I've ever seen. Yeah, one. that's a great cameo. Yeah, great cameo. Um, and then there's a, a little looks like a bottle of ointment. Yeah, an anti uh, itch cream. Anti itch cream. Or medicine, I think, as it's called, as well as a dingling in the corner. Oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. It's hard to see with the bag. Looking at this, I really, I think that the items in here semi relate to stuff that Kel's been going through lately, because <laughs> that's a great theory. I don't know about you, but sometimes my dreams uh, reflect things that I thought about a little bit, or like the day before. Oh yeah, like those elements come together. This is all the elements from from the season so far. Yeah, there's the Luna Tuna. Oh yeah, uh, the anti itch cream. Uh, back to the Hemingway episode, he talks about his rash that he's trying to get rid of. The most cross-reference episode in <laughs> Kenan and Kel with Adam and Aaron history. Uh, if that is an orange, orange soda, of course. Of course. He was just playing with the dingling early in the episode. And uh, in Hemingway episode, he also ate a, a dog treat. So oh, you're right. So maybe that's where the right. pet chunks are coming from. That or maybe it's made of ham. You know, because like cat, oh, yeah. cat, cat like spam is pork shoulder. So oh. it's possible that that is a pork product, and Kel loves ham. Yeah, that could be it. So, <laughs> so I think that's 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 right. Yeah, a lot of our dreams do come from um, things that we've been thinking about, but not very intently. That's one theory yeah. of of dreams for sure. So not only is it a fun set, but it's also like you know relevant. <laughs> very Kel, yes, very Kel. Yeah. Uh, so what what do we see uh, from Kel's perspective? So Kel is shrunken in the bag, and he looks up at the opening of the bag, and it's Keenan's face, just like in the bag. Like they clearly just got the camera, and they yeah, put, they have like a fish eyes lens type thing on it. Yeah, something to make him look really big. Yeah. No, they definitely put a bag around the camera. That's how that's <laughs> yeah. how great these effects are. Like you know, they didn't they worked with what they had, and it, it looks. Everything that they wanted to accomplish looks great. I was gonna say this is the most cinemagraphically is that is that a word? Cinemagraphically yeah. creative scene so far, I think. And, and yeah, it, it wasn't hard. They just had to get a bunch of butcher paper to make it like look like a bag, and it was an easy thing to do, and they did it. And, and they had to make these massive uh, cans <laughs> of, <laughs> of cat food. No, that might be a green screen effect, but we'll. we'll no, I think those are real. You think those are real? I think they're real, but I think they're like recycled. Like maybe they're from like an all that skin. When, or when like we that. get Kel Mitchell on the podcast, we're gonna have to ask him. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he remembers the. That'll be one of our one of our questions. Uh, the uh, the two the ointment looks like some kind of like sandbags or something like that. That's that's the best I could tell. Yeah, it's hard with uh, the quality of the episode. It's true. It's true. Anyways, so what are some of the things that these uh, these figures are saying to Kel? In his troubled state, um, it's he sees Keenan, he sees Chris, he sees Angus. They're calling him like a, a loser, kooky, and they tell him that he's he's a good for nothing, basically. They're, they're basically guilting him into, um, well, Chris and Keenan are guilting him into working for them, and uh, Angus is calling him a loser. 
because uh, because he he's not gonna win, of course. So, which uh, I don't know. Of all the things, of all the scenarios, him not winning is not one of the not one of them. It's more like who does he win for? Right. Okay, maybe if it was Kel versus Salim, and uh, the competition made him queasy, then of course Angus would be calling him a loser. So I think I think if it was me, I would have made a whole entire spinoff series uh, about the bad, like a, a reality <laughs> about- show about bagging, <laughs> and it would have had all these different episodes, like yeah. Kel versus Salim. I want to hear Salim's story. Kel versus Mister Rockmore. <laughs> <laughs> Later on, we learned that the cons is just the two like grocers. But what if it was like a whole tournament? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like That's what I'm saying. People from all over the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like it was like a Rubik's cube competitions or like Tetris, co- like these <laughs> these people just come. They're only good at one thing. Yeah, they got like special terms and stuff like that. But uh, no, uh, it the scene ends with them dropping more groceries on Kel, uh, a banana, a bunch of mints, uh, some sticks of gum. So, yeah, it was uh, it, it's a fu- it's a they used all the props that they had. Yeah. And uh, I, I love the uh, the transition here. Not the transition itself, but what happens on the other side of the scene. Do you remember what it is? Um, it, well, Kel realizes that he's in a dream. And so he wakes up and he's, he's kicking and screaming. And uh, he's shouting, get me out of the bag. Oh. <laughs> but it's not, he's not just in the bag in his dream. He's also in a sleeping bag when he wakes up. Oh, wow. So it's, it's real, really clever. That is clever. That is clever. Um, yeah, that, that nice catch. So Kel is, is freaking out. Get me out of the bag. And then he jumps in. He's in Keenan's room uh, sleeping on the floor. So he jumps in Keenan's bed with him. And then Keenan, of course, kind of freaks out and turns the light on. <laughs> he asks what he's doing. And Kel says he's scared. Um, and and Keenan says, have you lost your mind? It was just a, just a good, good Keenan moment. <laughs> which, is, which is odd because this is, I think Kel's the smartest he's ever been in this episode. I, it's a great, it's a great Cal episode. Yeah, uh, although yeah, he's not he's not stupid in any of his scenes, is he? No, he, he's a little uh, he's competent. Yeah, he's a little incompetent. No, he he is competent, he's incredibly competent. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what I thought you meant by incompetent. He's, he's not incompetent. Incredibly competent. Competent. <laughs> That's good. Now, um, uh, Keenan's parents enter the uh, scene because of all the ruckus Cal made. I think it's just to have them in the episode for a moment. But it's a good moment. It's a good moment, yeah. So Mr. Rockmore is concerned. Mrs. Rockmore comes in. She has uh, in hair curlers and a face mask. And Kel screams and he says, uh, um, Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were a nasty, horrible monster. <laughs> she says, like, she says like oh, you want to see a nasty, horrible monster? She like charges at him. Yeah. Mr. Rockmore holds I'll her I'll show back. you a nightmare. Yeah, I'll show you a nightmare. I think this is the one time that Mrs. Rockmore is angrier than Mr. Rockmore. <laughs> the good, yes, good analysis. Yeah. I, uh, maybe, maybe we'll... We'll go turn back to that later. Also, I, I, did you like uh, I like uh, Kel's pajamas? Um, <laughs> they're, oh, like, they're like they're like fuchsia. <laughs> yeah, like, like big pink flannel. Yeah, bright <laughs> bright pink and bright orange. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, in order to calm Kel down, Keenan uh, develops a surefire plan to make them win. Yes, a plan that we don't realize until the end of the episode. Do you want to do you want to tell the audience the plan now? Oh no, we have to save a. We have to save it till the end. All right, all right, we will. Um, anyways, we're back to Rigby's. Angus um, 
as beefy as possible. Walks, he, he rolls up. Roll, rolls up <laughs> to Rigby's. Uh, and he has the wedding dress. Um, uh-huh. And he is just basically provoking uh, the Rigby's crowd. He asks Kel if he's, uh, you know, consider his offer. Kel starts talking and then Keenan interrupts him and says like, you know, no, wait, no, he's uh, made up his mind. He doesn't want any part of it. An argument breaks out between Keenan and Kel. And it's some, it's some really good acting like just in general, it's the best uh, they they've both been. I think in the show. Yeah, they have they have their first real disagreement that isn't just you know merely Kelby you know Kel being goofy and Keenan like ridiculing him. Like it, it seems it's like a serious argument. Um, and 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 Kel says you know like can I ever finish a sentence in my whole life? Like you know and he's getting really mad at Keenan. <laughs> and Keenan says you can't handle cartoons by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's really it's really good. So basically this escalation, you know, Chris is trying to calm everybody down because he realizes what's at stake. Like if Kel is angry at Keenan, then he's going to probably go work for Angus. And he doesn't want that. But of course... That is what happens, yes. He's, he says, say hello to your new employee. And, uh, and Angus has quite the evil laugh when Kel walks over to the dark side. Yes, the uh, the the well done side. Of <laughs> the the well done side. The uh, um, it's fifty percent beef, fifty percent fat. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dan Schneider, if you ever listen to this episode, look, like we don't have anything against you. It's just in this episode, you're you're fluffy. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're you. you a lot of the episode you wear a winter jacket, and it could be all jacket for all. I yeah, know. very. Yeah, it could be all jacket, and then just they have a like a, a face face mask to make it like all the extra skin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, let's. Let's. I'm so sorry. <laughs> all all bodies are beautiful. It's it's true. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's go to the 18th annual bag off. It, it takes place in Rigby's. And uh, it looks like there's a banner sign that's made out of paper bags. It says 18 bag off. Uh, actually, if you look closely, there's a little TH with the 18. And there's one in the middle that's like an angular um, annual. Ah. Uh, wow. And bag off is hyphenated. <laughs> so if, if anyone's correcting the wiki, <laughs> it's bag dash off. The bag off. Um, yeah, so we have a... Uh, a a long table set up and it has like a blue tablecloth on it and it says Rigby's grocer grocery and then it says Angus's food barn. Yep, looks like there's a stack of uh paper bags and uh equal piles of food. They begin by introducing their baggers. Well, who do you mean by they? Because there's a very important character added to this episode. <laughs> In the eleventh hour, I am so sorry that I, I didn't mention him. <laughs> um, it is the referee of yes. the bag off who is wearing a referee apron and a red bow tie. Yeah, he's got a real um, uh, like boxer announcer vibe to him. And in this corner, weighing <laughs> yeah, that's what he does. Pounds. And he uh, introduces first Keenan, who arrives. And did you hear the, uh, did you catch Angus, uh, booing him? Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Angus is such a jerk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chris, uh, really, he's like, you know, oh, man, I can't believe I'm going to lose with Kian. 
he's yeah. like, wait, get my spirits up. Yeah, Chris is ultimate uh, Debbie Downer right here. Um, yeah. And then, and then the announcer uh, calls in the grocer for the bagger for Angus's food barn. And then Kel enters wearing the cow apron we mentioned before. With and yep. he has like a posse from Angus's food barn. Um, <laughs> yeah, they got a, they have a boombox. They got a boombox. Yeah, it's like really hype. He like walks in, he's high fiving people and and uh, yeah. Oh, by the way, there's a crowd of about twenty people watching. <laughs> there is uh, under fifteen people. Oh yeah. Per, per the fire code rules established in Dabam. Oh my god. <laughs> Don't worst episode. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, anyways, there's a crowd of people watching. Why? I mean, it looks like a lot of fun to me. Yeah, it's a, it's the 18th year in the row that they've done this. Yeah, that's all you need. You just need a little streak. It's good uh, good capitalism, friendly competition between, like, yeah. different grocery stores. Exactly. This competition's been going on for longer than Keenan and Kel have been alive. Well, let me put it this way. Would you go to this contest? If I happen to roll up to the store like Angus did... <laughs> I would walk in, and, uh, and I saw this. I would stay. Yeah, it, it, I would stay because it clearly doesn't take very long. It takes like three minutes max. Yeah, there's no way it even takes three <laughs> minutes. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, uh, Keenan and Cal uh, smack talk each other a little bit, mm-hmm. which is really fun. Uh, Keenan says, "When I'm done with you, you're going to be wearing that bag on your head because you're so embarrassed." Yeah, that was a good line. And uh, did, did you uh, write down what Kel said? Oh, no, I didn't. He said, I'm going to beat you so bad. I'm going to I'm gonna beat you so bad. You get the point. Yeah, he didn't, <laughs> didn't have, a, didn't have didn't anything have a to say. So the, the referee says the rules, which is basically, you know, you have um, the same amount of groceries, uh, three bags of groceries full are worth, um, whoever finishes first is the winner and those are the rules yep so and then he says gentlemen are you ready i don't know if he says gentlemen but he says are you ready (laughs) and these are some really really good lines that they say very quickly so it's hard to catch but kel says in there like swimwear (laughs) yeah and uh and keenan says got it going on like i i didn't even um (laughs) i wrote it down it's so hard to uh keenan says Got it going on like a pot of neck bones till the break of dawn, break of dawn, <laughs> break a break of dawn, something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a uh, really fun. The there's a lot of really hit good hidden jokes like that. Going on like a pot of neck bones. <laughs> That's in line with his uh, his Christmas list. The referee uh, counts them down and says bag, and they're off. Anyways, they're bagging, and Cal is doing well, and Keenan's actually doing way better than he had been before. I, also, I, I noticed that this is a fun moment where, like, you know, the audience is probably involved in this. The pro- audience is probably cheering, like, all the peop- the crowd around them. Yeah, it probably happened live. Yeah, the, the whole show was filmed live. So, yeah. So, when, when uh, you know, Cal's bagging well, and Keenan... He has to open the bag, and he's having some trouble opening the bag. It's it's uh, it's pretty noticeable. Yeah. Do you also notice that uh, Kel, like in his manic bagging, knocks over a yep. box? Yep. In the, the front. He knocks over a box. I thought that was like, oh, that's a great idea. Like, oh, that's how Kel's gonna actually lose, and that's how Rigby's is gonna win. Like, oh, yeah. wow, that was so so sly. Almost of hand. disqualified. Uh, but no, that's not the case. 
uh, Kel starts to slow down. <laughs> I don't know why you said that. <laughs> uh, these are high, this is a high stakes contest, Aaron. This is Kel starts to slow down. <laughs> it's like, it is, and Kel faints. Yes, falls right on top of the uh, on the table, just like the third grade spelling bee. Yeah, uh, and then and then Angus says uh, the perfect uh, Josh line, <laughs> which is, "This is no time to be unconscious." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Um, Keenan looks at Chris. Chris says, "Keenan, Kel fainted. What should we do?" There's a pause, and Keenan says, "Bag." <laughs> then they immediately get back to it. Keenan bags and he finishes first and he is the victor. Yes. Yeah, woo. So uh, Angus has to put on the wedding dress at the um, everyone cheering him on too. And uh, it fits him like a glove. Like a glove. Yes. Yep. He wear he puts it on, on top of his uh, like in, in his front of his body. Yeah, and so this is the first time Rigby's has ever won the bag yep. off. They're one and seventeen. One and seventeen. You know, it's just the the corner is turning. I kind of wish that we saw this trophy like in the background of future episodes. We might. That would be that'd be good. Uh, although, uh, so Chris tells uh, Angus to go sweep out, uh, sweep in front of the shop first. I guess the first thing to do. And Ang- I I thought Angus really talks up like you know next year I'll get you. And I, I was really thinking that we would like see that. Like it, uh, I, I don't remember. He does not return in later episodes, but I'd love to have this kind of a uh, plankton like food rival. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would have been fun. Like to have him. Yeah, yeah, like I, an evil Mondo burger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, like to a, Rigby's. Some some kind of external foe. Also, yeah. it, it's a little late for this. It maybe just our whole show, and I think we've already talked about it. But who's Rigby? <laughs> right. I don't know. Because Angus's food barn's named after him. Maybe maybe it was before Chris started working there and he just kept the name because he's a respectful guy. I, I have no idea. Maybe it's Chris's dog. No, he doesn't have a dog. <laughs> There's no way. We would have heard about it. Yeah, uh, it, we'll, we'll figure it out later, hopefully. We'll figure out who Rigby is, to be, to be decided. Um, and then, you know, as Angus leaves, uh, who, who says it? Is it? I think it's Keenan. He says, You'd make a lo- you make a lovely bride, fungus. Or that might, I think that was Chris. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they uh Chris says that to him. And uh it, yeah, he started if not for earlier uh, Keenan called him fungus. And again, I'm saying like, yes, that's a good <laughs> that's a fun joke. However, that might be why he's named Angus. Um yes, that and the and the the cow thing. Um it's a uh, two pieces and they, it works well together. The crowd leaves and then Keenan wakes Kel up. Tells him that the coast is clear. And he pops up to attention. And they start celebrating because their plan worked. And Chris is very confused, so he inquires further, and he finds out that Keenan and Kel f- had a fake fight, and Kel working for Angus was just part of the plan to win the bag off for Rigby's. Uh, I'm gonna put this uh, this clip in because it, it's very good, because because Chris's reaction is it, it, I, maybe the best Chris moment uh, so far. I and agree. It, it it's a great uh, it's a awesome way to end the episode sometimes we've got dismal endings but this one like explodes very fun it's very fun very nice um yeah yeah uh, he, he says 
a very happy ending. Very happy ending. So, <laughs> he, he doesn't care. Yeah, and I agree with it. Oh, yeah. It's not, Angus yeah. is a jerk. And this is a small contest between, like, rival stores. It's made to, made to seem like it's a much larger contest than it is. Uh, and at, during the at the end of the contest, Angus is saying like, "My guy fainted. This not is not fair." And Chris points out the rules that Angus established, which are nothing's fair in the world of bagging. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> I think it's everything's fair. Everything is everything's fair in the world of bagging. All is fair in the world of bagging. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so. It's a really, it's a really good. Happy moment. Um, what what was interesting, I, th- I thought, was they didn't, like, weave into their plan that, they, you know, Kel made $50 an hour. Yeah. I thought Keenan. Kel made some cash. I thought Keenan was going to be like, yeah, that was part of the plan. Now we're, now we're rich and we won. Yeah, they're actually in the green this episode for once. Yeah. Who knows how <laughs> long Kel worked for Angus. Uh, I'm gonna assume it's a day. I'm gonna look up the hours. I'll get back to you in the season finale. I would imagine it was only for a couple hours, like three hours yeah. or something. It's still it's a lot of cash. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, no, oh, at least a day. Uh, but yeah, that's. Uh, I also want to say it's worth mentioning that um, Ke- uh, Keenan has a fun line. Once Ke- Kel pops up, he says, "That's a good little acting job. Are you an actor?" Yeah, yeah, that was that was good. Because I do want to, like I said earlier, their their acting in that scene is like better than their usual acting in the show. Mm-hmm. It is good. They come up back on stage, and this is a too great of an ending end tag. Yeah. So Keenan's wearing a blue camo uh, fishing jacket again. Um, it's like from the same distributor as the other one. It's just a different color. Yeah. Uh, Kel's wearing like his blue velvet outfits. Yeah. His uh, his bowling shirt, felt bowling shirt. Um, and then yeah, yeah, Keenan uh, sees a pretty pretty lady in the audience, and he goes mm-hmm. and sits next to her. Um, asked she, he asked if she's glad that she came, which she said yes. And then uh, he asked her what's her favorite part. She said the hockey part. And Cal reminds her that you know he was in that scene too. I <laughs> uh, think Keenan invites her out for a beverage, perhaps some hot cocoa, because he is fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, they they walk off stage and Cal shouts, Keenan, I like Coco. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, and Keenan says, Oh, I'll, I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you about next week's episode. Cal says, Like they don't even tell me about next week's episode. Keenan. Yeah, oh, here it goes. That's the. Wah, end. Wah, wah. I I I haven't one theory to end this episode with, and okay. I think it's uh it makes that last last scene a little better because on paper it's kind of kind of creepy and weird yeah yeah uh, but I, I really want to think that uh that girl was a pull from the audience oh i think so yeah i think for that scene they're like hey we need like a, a young lady about you know keenan's age that wants to you know help out with this scene yeah uh, and like like a magician act almost because she was laughing a whole lot she was laughing more than any actor would i have a feeling what happened was there was a lot of uh setting up for this for this episode um especially with like the moving all the groceries and stuff so the audience was probably like waiting there a while so they wanted to get them more engaged so what they probably did was you know include some of the audience members and whatever so yeah it makes sense yeah yeah it was a i thought from that in that lens that looks like a it's a fun moment yeah um that's the episode are i'm not sure if all our usual games apply 
For example, uh, whose fault, Keenan or Kel? Well, I was going to say, because I forgot this episode, so I was going to say it was Keenan's fault because he was rude to Kel and then Kel left. <laughs> but Keenan actually, that was that was part of the plan the whole time. So yeah. I don't think it's anybody's fault. Yeah, this was a successful plan. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> they got money. They ripped off the the villain. They won. They beat him fair and square. This is the first time in 12 episodes where they actually succeeded Net at positive. what they went to accomplish. Yeah, it's a win. Yeah, absolute win. Uh, no one shouts no shout why uh, Cal doesn't drink any orange soda on screen. Well, we have the orange soda moment where he gets very, very excited. Yes. That's the whole incentive behind the episode. Yep, and he gets as much as he can, can drink. So... Uh, yeah, I wonder if that that rule still applies, or because he worked for... I don't think it does, because he worked for Angus, and Chris was not in on the bit. But I think Chris was so elated that he's gonna... He's, he's gonna give Kel some orange soda. <laughs> yeah, I think he's gonna forgive some of that orange soda debt. I mean, he won. He did. For the first time in, in 18 years. Um, uh... Yeah, and it's a very celebratory, wonderful moment. Oh, yeah, we learned a little bit more about Chris. He's been working at grocery stores. He's been working for grocery for 18 years. And uh, competition makes Kel faint. Yep. So. Yep. Well, they uh, destroyed a box of dinglings. <laughs> That's, uh, those are all my follow-up notes. That's, so. it. That's it. Well, Adam, how many bottles of orange soda would you give this episode? First, I would like to talk about the IMDb rating. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, this episode is uh, given a 7.3 on IMDb. Yeah, hi. Ranked 42 out of like 62. That's a lot is, of that's a lot of really high ratings for the show. Yeah. Uh 42 is very low. Yeah. Uh, that's that's like low medium um in the second half of them, which I I, I thought this episode was better than that. I think I'm going to I'm going to go ahead because I want to explain. <laughs> yeah, please. Uh, I want to give it I want to give it six bottles of orange soda because I there were I, there were parts of the episode where I was like Oh, that's clever, but I didn't get any big laughs, and I didn't get any, um, there wasn't any, this is two episodes in a row where we kind of deviated from the Keenan and Kel script, so yeah. I, I kind of I started to feel a little bit lost during the episode, I'm like, alright, we're seeing, we're seeing their little, um, their little gags and the, the things that they do to, to set them apart as characters, but I'm missing like that, like, you know, that Keenan and Kel feel. Um, it felt yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I would give it a six. Uh, I would. I was even thinking about like a five or five and a half, but I think six because because it's a it's a win and, and and it's a good episode, and good characters, and good development of the of Rigby's. So yeah. So yeah, I, I think uh, this episode uh, definitely it's a good ep- It's a standard episode of a sitcom. I've seen it before. That's that's a big problem with me. I, I remember this exact episode happened in like Cheers. Like, you know, 30 years before this was... Right, right. Classic. It's a classic plot. It, yeah, it's a... I, I've seen it before. I've seen it in all kinds of ways and done better. You know, remember the, that one Spongebob, the Fry Cook games? It's kind of the same, mm-hmm. like, you know... Yep. Keenan versus Kel, and uh, maybe not really good laughs, but it's it was generally entertaining, and I love the bag scene. The bag scene's special, yeah. if you ask me. Yeah, that, was, that scene was really good. That was a saving grace, so... Yeah, so I'm going to give it a uh, 7 out of 10. Okay. Bottles of orange soda. A safe rating. Yeah, I think uh, I feel strongly about that. And uh, so speaking of safe ratings, uh, do, do you know what the next hidden episode is going to be for next I, week? I do not, no. 
Uh, it's called uh, episode thirteen, "Safe and Sorry." Safe and sorry. Yes. Ooh, I'm interested because it's not yeah. on Amazon. Oh, do you, do you have any theory about why this episode wasn't on Amazon? I couldn't tell you. I I have two theories. One, I know, I think Dan Schneider's been under some flack recently from for, That's true. from some some legal issues, um, which excuses our. <laughs> All of our fat jokes. That's right. You can we, make fun of clear. you can make fun of uh, predators, right? I don't know. I don't know if anything is. I don't know how Dan Schneider is doing right now, but he he's been under fire about that stuff, and I I do not want to um, I I want to you know celebrate this work that he did in the past, but him as a person, I is yeah. icky, and the le- the less of him we see, the better. It seems like nothing. I don't know. I don't know how the legal case has gone or anything like that, but um, I just heard some negative things. So I'm sure he is not as chipper as a guy as he seems in this. Well, he actually is horrible in this episode. He's a horrible <laughs> <Yeah>. man. <laughs> this um, might be a good reflection. Maybe, maybe it is. Um, yes. So, anyways, there's that reason. But then there's also the uh, the the Salim uh, part where he comes ah. on and he 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 says uh, a f- like Akpus. In trying to like yeah. riff off of the the language of the country of Baghdad, which I guess is Arabic, um, mm-hmm. just didn't seem very like s- culturally sensitive. So sure. I don't, maybe I, that's a reason. Perhaps Amazon only had like a, a certain like they can only release eleven episode seasons, and some stuff was on the chopping block. That's probably accurate. Yeah, I I I, I could see why this one would be in like the lower half of the season. Yeah, it doesn't be, quite be gel tripped. with the other episodes. That said, it's why like Da Bomb is on there. I'm like, well, <laughs> versus I thought this was better than Da Bomb. Da Bomb is Da Bomb is fun. It's <laughs> yeah. a fun episode. Uh, it's a fun time, it, and it's a very '90s. So yeah, we've, we've, but let's uh let's wrap this up. We've gone on long enough. Yeah, plenty long enough. Uh, join us next week when we uh, get into um we get into safe and sorry. The next episode. See ya, Fantas. Oh, here it goes. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Keenan and Kel with Adam and Aaron. If you want to stay in touch, send us an email at Podcast at gmail.com or you can send us a voice message at anchor.fm slash Podcast. Our social media accounts are all at Podcast. That's Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Thanks, everybody. Wow!